Blog Talk Radio. Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. Help me earn my wings. 
What an amazing song. Can you hear me? Can everybody hear me? I'm sorry. The microphone was going out. Welcome to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio and that show. That that song is so special. Um, when I heard it, I just like had to call RJ right away and say, oh my God, that's such a great song. And RJ, yeah, there are angels. And um, yeah, that's such a great song. Um, today's guest I have is RJ Comer with, um, he's started his new solo career. He um, founded the Dance Hall Pimps, and uh, he's on quite a little journey of his own right now, and we're going to talk about his independent projects that he's doing right now. Uh, this is Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio, and if you missed the beginning of the show, um, just if you're tuning in now, the show will be available on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio On Demand. The chat room is open if you want to go into the chat room. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to bring RJ into the studio right now because this is just really kind of cool because RJ's been on with me before with the Dance Hall Pimps, and they've got a really cool kind of story to tell. Hey, RJ, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Holly. Great to be back. And oh, my God. That yeah, I, I really know. That song, I, I want to know what your inspiration was for that song. Um because that's well, such pretty, a great song. It, it, well, the inspiration occurred about 25 years before the song was written. Um, I, it, the, the inspiration started one night in a Jackson, Mississippi jail. Um, <laughs> and seriously, and um, I just remember I remember feeling that way, you know, in that uh-huh. in that place. And the second verse really captures that specific experience: a stone-faced boy in an iron in an iron pen. Um, and the idea was, and you know, that I was f- afraid, but it came out rage and, you know, my mm-hmm. rage scares my fear away. So it went, I don't want to speak for most men, but you know, for me, when I'm afraid, I feel much more comfortable getting angry and getting big and, and getting enraged, um, than actually admitting I'm afraid. And, um, and that protects you for a while. Um, yeah, it but does. And it certainly it serves you in jail pretty good. But (laughs) (laughs) I I can only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. But you know what I really love are the is the last um, the last set of lyrics that you have written. It's never too late to earn your wings. And um, thanks. That's so beautiful. What an inspiration to so many people that are struggling. You know, with like believing in angels and believing in different things that's so great um your sound is so unique too and i have to tell everyone you play banjo on that um i do uh and you play a a a bunch of instruments i know but i know that banjo is one of your favorite um tell me a little bit about the instruments you play because uh for our listeners listening yeah yeah. i play a lot of instruments but i don't claim to play them all well <laughs> I play banjo better than I do any any other instrument. I play banjo probably the best. Although mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot better at playing guitar since I've gone solo because I have to accompany myself. And those are my two primary instruments. Um, I can fake it pretty good on piano, um, but really it's banjo and guitar that are my primary instruments. Other than singing, singing is my primary thing. It's what I'm. Re- it's what yeah. I really do. And you've got a really a really unique sound too, which is really oh, it makes you different. You know, I mean, um, everybody has like a little hook, you know, with their with their sound and everything, and you definitely have kind of nailed that. 
I know that your um, background is that um, you came from wanting to do music, and I know that you had formed the Dance Hall Pimps, which, by the way, are is amazing. I've had you on with the Dance Hall Pimps, and you guys did your CD release party in a in a in a graveyard of all places, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty funny. Pimps, we've actually, there are two records, we've done two records with the Pimps. The first record was, the record release show was at Hollywood Forever Cemetery and sold out show and it was really big and it was fun. And and um, and then the second the second album release was more normal. You know, it was like we did it at the Mint here yeah. in L.A. Um, and uh, had a great time with that. But um, yeah, the the Pimps are very extravagant as our name might imply. <laughs> um, they are very extravagant. If you go on to YouTube and just um you can also see RJ's solo career that we're gonna talk a little bit about too today. Um and that um the, you can see the dance hall pimps. Oh my gosh. I love Mommy was a zombie and um just I mean, they're just fun songs. They really are fun songs. Um Plus, it's got a great hook sound, and you've got some really good people playing with you. Um, how did you transition into your solo career that you're doing now? And I know that you just recently wrote a song called Smothered, which we have for um, the gentleman from the Dukes of Hazzards um, album yeah. or, or movie. The, tra- uh, the transition is somewhat organic. Um, you yeah. Know, the, the, um, you know, the Pimps music is a very specific kind of music. It's loud, mm-hmm. it's brash, it's, it's basically blues rock with mm-hmm. horns. Um, and there's, and we don't play quiet. We don't do ballads. It's always big. And I kept finding myself writing songs that weren't right for the pimps. And I had really no avenue to, to express them. And mm-hmm. so what I decided was, is once the second dance all pimps record came out, I was going to start focusing on, um, my solo career where I play more Americana, acoustic Americana blues or what I call grindhouse Americana and um, and be able to do some of the songs that I can't do with the pimps. The other reason is is really it's just a music marketing reason, and that is it's a lot cheaper to tour as a solo musician than it is to tour with seven players. You know? Oh sure, just, no no no, it's yeah. It's just easier to go on tour, and um, and you know that has to factor into it as well. Um, and so you know that's kind of how it worked out. But the you know, bottom line is is the music I'm writing and the music I want to perform just really lately isn't pimps music um it's mm-hmm. just it's fall from there and, and that happens although on that track you'll hear people from the I, I play with guys from the pimps all the time especially steve carr and who's the uh sax clarinet flute player in the pimps i do a lot of tracks with him and daniel alexander i do a lot of tracks with him he's the keyboard player in the dance hall pimps so i still play with a lot of those guys um, mm-hmm. And they play on my records, and they'll play. If I do a if I do a show with a band behind me, oftentimes those guys are in that band, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Oh no, you no. I wanted to say also, I forgot because you know I took a week off, and um, this is my first show after being off a week, and I kind of get like, I'm still thinking I'm still like out there roaming around. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to call in, the number is three four seven six seven seven one zero three six, and. Um, I wanted to say to everyone, I'm so glad that everybody's here um, today, and this is just such a fun show because your music is stellar, and um, it's Thanks. it's got some really good depth to it. And uh, let's start. Let's 
let me ask you first, like, how did you start out? How did you know that you wanted to play music? And let's, like, spin off from there, how your kind of career took off. Well, I, if my mom's listening, hi, Mom. Um, uh-huh. I was a musician. I mean, That's I, good. I was, I, yeah, my mom taught me Mom's important, and my mom's was, listening, too. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. You know, um, and I started out in musical comedy, and as a child, you know, child actor on stage singing musical mm-hmm. comedies, and um, and then I learned to sing in church, too, you know, back when the uh, the Catholic liturgy music was pretty good. I can't, I don't want to necessarily comment on the current Catholic liturgy music, but back in my day, it was pretty good music to sing. Um, and so that's how I got trained to sing, and um, and I'd, I've really just been in music ever since. I mean, even, you know, and even in high school, when I got in trouble in high school, rather than kick me out of school, they said, and they knew I could sing, but I wasn't enrolled in any of the music classes. And, you know, rather than kick me out of school, they basically paroled me to the vocal music department at my high school. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, <know>. that's nice. <laughs> that was my version of California Youth Authority. <laughs> oh, my God. You're too so, funny. And I even went to music school. You know, I went to music school right after high school, but um, it's tough to make a living as a musician. So in addition to all that, I got a regular job and, and did a regular job for many years. And only through happenstance, you know, when I formed the Dance Hall Pimps for fun, it turns out, you know, we got enough attention that we got signed. And none of us saw that coming. It was complete serendipity to get, you know, to go from a band we started for fun to a band that was signed to a label. And now, you know, okay, suddenly I'm a professional musician again. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but you're more than just a professional musician. You perform and and a lot of this is from your heart um i know a lot of it a lot of the feelings like you talked about the song in the beginning um i wasn't born an angel um and (laughs) why it was written that is just so funny i love it i love the lyrics I, i love the lyrics and now that you've explained the story behind the song it now makes sense to me um how old were you when you were um in 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 jail. When I was in jail, was was in Mississippi. <laughs> Let's see, that was like mid '80s, so I was probably in my early. I was in my early to mid twenties. Oh wow, yeah, and also in Mississippi, wow. Yeah. That's you know yeah. I know the South is really hardcore. Um, well, I get along. Well, great you're with here. Boys. You know, I get you're along great. Here now. The problem, yeah. The problem was I was on a motorcycle with California plates by myself, and oh no. Believe that I wasn't up to no good, you know. And oh yeah, of course. And I, California yeah. people are awful, right? <laughs> right? You know, and, and I, look, I'm not a member of a motorcycle club. If I were, I'd be wearing my colors. I'm not wearing any colors. I am just yeah. across country. You fly solo, huh, RJ? <laughs> Pretty much. <You> fly <laughs> I've always been kind of a lone wolf. I know. Um, so. When you were playing with the dance hall pimps and you did that, I mean, that was like a total major front man. Um, you had to put a show on. I mean, anybody that looks yeah. at the videos of, of the dance hall pimps is going to see it's quite um, animated. I mean, you're yeah. very animated in the way that you move and you talk and just the lyrics and, you know, the first song I ever heard, from you when I originally interviewed you was Mommy Was a Zombie and then um, a couple other different Beast of beast of Love, you know. That was just too funny. 
And then, I mean, not funny in a bad way. Funny, like, it was really great because it just, like, yeah, gave there, me there something else fun. to, like, focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, your new solo career now has taken on a little bit more of a serious note, but you're still keeping in with the really um, deep lyrics as well as the feeling. There's a feeling that comes along. I mean, like with that song, I already told you what I thought, and um, we're going to talk about that later after the show. And then when it happens, because it is going to happen, we can make an announcement about it. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, but... Oh, yeah, no, totally. Tell me about the um, song you did for John Schneider from Dukes of Hazzard, Smothered, oh, yeah. um, for his new horror comedy that he that you did. And that's where the dance hall pimps are on it, right? Yeah, that, that song is performed. That song was is um, is performed by the dance hall pimps. Okay. John, um, the backstory on that is um, when I was a kid living in a trailer park in high school. And, you know, it's hard to get a date when you live in a trailer park in high school. So mm-hmm. I watched a lot of episodes of Dukes of Hazard and Hee Haw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh my God! What about Green Acres? Like... Green Acres? Yeah. Did you watch Green no, Acres the music too? Wasn't, music wasn't as good on that. Um, yeah. And uh, so that so that's kind of the backstory. And then through happenstance, John Snyder learns about our band actually through our bass player Eddie Fish, and um, and he's doing this movie called Smothered, which is a horror comedy set in a trailer park in Louisiana. Oh, wow. You can see the trailer park connection. So the Dance Hall Pimps have, I think, five or six songs in the soundtrack of that movie already. And then John comes to our record release show and comes backstage, and we're hanging out, and he's a super guy. And he mentions, hey, RJ, you know, I don't have a title track for my movie yet, and I'm really kind of coming up against the deadline. You think you can do something? Uh, or he just he just mentions it offhand. I say, well, let me take a shot at it, man. I, I can write a title track for your movie. I've seen your movie, and mm-hmm. I love your movie, and so I'll take a shot at it. The problem was I was going away. I was going to Indonesia for two weeks, two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. and I would be at sea most of the time. So I wrote, you know, I wrote, I went home that night, you know, from the record release show and wrote most of Smothered. Um, luckily, wow. having the movie, you know, having mm-hmm. seen a, a direct cut of the movie, I knew what the movie was about. And um, and then when I got back from Indonesia, we went into the studio and we cut the song in one day. We have uh, Jimmy Wood playing harmonica on it, who also plays harmonica on the second Dance Hall Pimps record, The Dead Don't Walk. Um, and um, it was t- I mean, it was fun, but it was stressful because you're, you're in the studio one day, you've got the music supervisor there, you've got the producer there, and you're trying to make this song just right because you only have a day to make it right. Um, mm-hmm. So we did, and it's in the movie, and Smothered, uh, written and directed by John Snyder, uh, premiered in Louisiana, in New Orleans, uh, about six weeks ago. I don't know if it's been picked up for distribution. It's Right now it's working the festival circuit. I heard but, it was. Yeah, I heard through Comic-Con a, that it was, yeah. Yeah, if it, um, it's really a, a movie made for people who are into horror genre because the guy, the, the cast are all play themselves they're all the guys who played freddy krueger and jason and the actual actors that play these great horror iconic characters are playing themselves in the movie and the basic thrust of the movie is that they're kind of down on their luck you know they're selling their photos at horror con and they can't get a break until somebody hires all of them to come to a trailer park and haunt the trailer park for a weekend in exchange for a thousand dollars per guy oh that's great yeah, what they don't know is actually they 
turn out to be the victims. There's a serial killer in the trailer park who is going to one by one kill them off. And that becomes part of the spoof and the satire. Um, I, I'll leave to your reader's imagination. The, the serial killer kills by a specific method, uh, which is where the movie gets its title, Smothered. <laughs> and the serial killer... Oh, wow. Well. Um, hold on. I'm sending a message to Jessica Cameron. She, You know who Jessica Cameron is. She was in The Black Dahlia and mm-hmm. um, quite a few other Truth or Dare and all that. I'm sending her a message to tell her to tune in to listen to this because that's really cool. And, you know, since we're talking about this song, I think it would be really cool to play it. Why don't we do that? Yeah, play it away. Um, Go ahead. Talk a little bit about, okay, so who's playing what in this uh, song again? All right, so this song, it's a dance hall pimps track. We have some additional players on it. Rick Fleshman is uh, playing some some guitar on this one. Um, And Jimmy Wood is playing harp. Uh, and those are the two main instruments. We have drums and bass, of course, but you know the, the featured instruments that you're going to really hear, other than my voice, is Jimmy Wood playing harmonica and just playing the hell out of it, and uh, Rick Fleshman playing the lead guitar. Oh, wow. So um, how many days did it take for you guys to record it? We did this in one day. Wow. That's that's yeah, it's, just it's, that's it's crazy. It's almost live recording. The only thing that was not live was my lead vocal, which we did last, and Jimmy's solo. Jimmy's harp solo was not live. The rest of it was like, turn it on, let's go. <laughs> wow. And none of these guys knew the song. I walked into the studio and played the song for them and gave them lead sheets, and they they never heard this song before. I was like, this is how the song goes. It's actually relatively simple, but this is how it goes. Let's do it. Was John there when you recorded? No, he wasn't. He um, he and I got together and I played him a scratch demo of the song that was just me playing acoustically the song for him and his uh-huh. producer. And that's that's how they gave me the green light to make the track. They first heard the song in, in a really primitive state. But John wasn't in town when we recorded it, so we he wasn't there. Well, this is really awesome. Let's play Smothered really quick and then we'll come back and we will continue on and we have some more music and we're going to talk a little bit more about um, your recent um, tour that you just did, a very short tour out here on the Northern California coast and what you have planned on and what you're working on right now. So this is Smothered. This is the song from the movie Smothered, John Schneider's um, new horror comedy that um, RJ and the dance hall pimps did. And here you go. I've been smothered Smothered by love I thought would set me free Smothered I've been smothered A suffocating love that loves to torture me Careful what you wish for You might regret Getting some love That seemed too easy to get Smile real handsome Laid on the charm And fell into the trap Between her loving arms I'm smothered 
Jimmy Wood on that harp. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. One day you guys laid that track down. That's insane. Yep. Wow. Must have been a long one day. (laughs) It was a pretty long day. And and as a singer, you always go last. Yeah. So there the whole time. It's a and that you know. I'll be honest with you. It's a little. That's a little tough. You know. Um. You're you're because I sort of help co-produce that track. Um, and then when it's, then at the end of the day, it's time for me to actually do what I do best, you know, which is go in there mm-hmm. and sing my ass off. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of emotion in that. Um, and I think it's, it's a really great segue because you're keeping, you're keeping that sound that you had with the dance hall pimps because you're playing with them. Plus you're also writing a, a song for a really cool horror flick. So I think that's really cool yeah. too. And then you get into your own um, uh, solo career now that you are um, pursuing. Um, How did you segue into that, and um, how is that taking off? Well, it's doing really well, thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. And and it was really more of a natural, it was a natural transition. I wanted to get on the road more, and it it was really hard to get on the road with seven musicians, half of whom are studio musicians, because there's only Mm -hmm. only four Mm -hmm. members Four or five. There's only five members of the dance hall pimps. The other guys are all studio mm-hmm. cats. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really expensive to tour, and it's very hard to tour. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing is I really just wanted to play 
music that really wasn't pimp's music. I wanted to play music that was a little quieter, a little more intimate, um, still in the same kind of bluesy, gritty uh, genre, but um, just music that was just more intimate and more spare. Um, and then, you know, the fact is, is that there was, there's been a lot of interest in that. So, um, you know, that's just a natural progression as an artist to want to do that. Um, and although I will tell you that I had to, I had to get better playing guitar, you know, because I got really used to having, you know, six great musicians backing me up every time I opened my mouth to sing. And now it's just me and, a, you know, me and the old Martin. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, and and the thing is, um, the sounds the sound is pretty much the same. I mean, but there's some also I noticed on the song that we're going to end with today, which is Outlaw's Credence, um, that has a very country feel to it. I really, yeah, I like country music. A I lot. really like it a lot. It's got a whole yeah, different country, country, feel for country you. Country blues is really one of my favorite. I I don't mm-hmm. like. I mean, I I don't want to say what I don't like. I'm not a partial to contemporary country music, which is 80s pop music with a twang. I mm-hmm. like traditional country music a whole lot, and I especially like country blues. And you'll mm-hmm. hear that, you know, coming through. Outlaw's Cadence is really a blues song, but. Mm-hmm. I do play it sort of with a kind of a country blues vibe. And, you know, that's very much a part of my audience. Um, You know, I was playing a show up in Chico at the Tackle Box, you know, which is a bait, tackle, gun store, bar, and grill all in one. (laughs) You know, and these are my people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like fun. You know. I'll have to find out where that is from you so I can go visit there one time. Yeah, you got to check it out. Check it's, that out. It's, uh, it's a trip. They're great folks up there. It's the, what's it called again? It's called the Tackle Box. The Tackle Box. I played there uh, last, last weekend, actually. Oh, my yeah. God. Fun place to play. Um. <laughs> well, I know you were just on tour. So, so you were telling me a little bit about playing at the Tackle Box, and I interrupted you what were you going to say about no it? worries well i just i was trying to point out that 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 country vibe that you sometimes hear in my solo music really comes from a, a love of traditional country music and country blues music mm-hmm. and also the fact a recognition of kind of who really is my core audience my core audience is folks that would go to the tackle box <laughs> you know i'm looking at their website right they, now they play out. country music beer food and guns <laughs> Beer, food, and guns, yeah. <laughs> and there's a dog, Drake. Did you see the Drake when you were there? I met Drake, dog? yeah. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> they even have a place he on He mostly didn't move around part much. On here that talks about the dog. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. So you were there. You played. Oh, my gosh. Tell me, what was that like? Well, that was fun. It's like um, <laughs> what I've been doing in touring is I've been doing what I call mini tours. So. Uh-huh. Uh, last week we were up in Northern California. I did a, I did a mm-hmm. few few dates with Steve Forbert, who uh, very fortunate to get to tour with Steve Forbert um, on a couple of dates. And we did those dates were you know those are real dates. You know you're playing in front of an audience that's sitting in chairs with their hands in their lap and they're all here to see yeah. you and they're very behaved and it's great. We I love playing with those folks too and um so we played places like the palms playhouse and we played mm-hmm. you know felt and uh we played don quixote's up in the redwoods which was beautiful. Oh, awesome. 
But yeah. I always like to throw in a bar and grill gig in there, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so I was looking around like, where can I, where, you know, where it looks like a good place to like end end the tour for me, and I found the tackle box. And you've gone oh, on the website. Wow. You've read their tagline. It's like I have to play oh, there. I'm on the. I'm on it. I'm looking at it. Yes. It's really. It's it's really fun. They even have prices on here for um, fishing license and um, yeah. uh, how much it is for worms and sardines and crickets. <laughs> and that's not. Bait. And that's not just the menu. <laughs> that's the bait. No, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at the menu. The menu. Wow. Gator and fries, ostrich. There. Did you have any smoke? Did you have barbecue when you were there? I'm afraid my wife is listening because I told her I wouldn't tell her what I ate for dinner. But I, if you're listening, honey, plug your ears. I had some gator and some fries, and it was awesome. You did? <laughs> yeah, fried gators. Great. What's, what's alligator taste like? I've never had alligator. Well, it's a cliche to say it tastes like chicken. It has the texture and color of chicken, but it has a gamier taste. You definitely yeah, know you're tasting gamier, something kind of reptilian. Like pheasant, lamb, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. If you've had frog legs, um, it's more like that, only just uh-huh. bigger chunks. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. She's. I can imagine why she's probably closing her <laughs> my, ears. My poor wife, who's a vegetarian. <laughs> you know? Oh no, and I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the bar area too. It looks kind of like something out of um, New Orleans, actually. Yeah, yeah it's New like Orleans a, or Memphis. You know, it's it's very definitely a roadhouse bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very much a roadhouse. And you know, when I pulled up, uh, just as I hoped I would see, there's a bunch of Harleys parked out front. Uh-huh. I'm like, good. You know, I'm looking. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. You know. I think you have to come on and do a show with me. That would oh, be they fun, would. wouldn't I it? I totally would. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be hysterical. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And I know that you played some other venues, too, when you were um, in the Northern California area. Where else did you play? We uh, we played the Palms Playhouse in Winters, which is a beautiful uh-huh. 18th century opera house uh, that's Ooh, nice. just been just enough restored so that it's you can do a modern show there, but it's very much still like it was. And it's, and Winters is a beautiful little town. I mean, it's in the middle of cow country, um, but they've got a beautiful historic district in there and great people and really a, a, a fine venue to play. Um, and uh, Steve, Steve Forbert and I played there together. And then we also played a place called Don Quixote's International Music Hall. Uh, I know where that Felton. is, yeah. Yeah, in that's Redwood, Felton, right? up in the Redwoods, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was just a beautiful place. I mean, they're a fun group of people too. But uh, I mean, I remember sending I sent pictures to pictures home on Instagram and Facebook, and I got a message from home saying we're moving to Felton. Oh wow! <laughs> you might want to spend the winter here first. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know it's really pretty there, but you know the winters are pretty brutal. But it is. A lot of people don't realize if you're in California and you live in California or you want to visit California, you have to check out the Redwoods. Um, oh, yeah. The Redwood Canyon is pretty, pretty, pretty cool, um, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of hard there. to play my de- it was kind of hard to play my depressing songs in such a pretty place. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh-uh. I was like, yeah. like, how? Am, okay, where have I got to get into the mindset of, uh, you know, I wasn't born an angel when I feel like I'm in heaven. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you on that one. Um, I I know it's 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 been hard, you know, when you're in an area that's so beautiful to go into a dark place because when you're not not meaning a dark dark place, but just like you know when you're into writing certain things and. Um, I'm a writer, too, so I totally understand what you're talking about. The whole vibe and the whole surroundings is really important. Um, what are you currently working on right now, um, and what can we look for coming out from you yeah. soon? Well, what we're, what we're doing right now, the, the focus right now is, is gigging, um, getting out and getting these songs in front of audiences, because I'm, I'm going to be very patient about making a solo LP. Before We're talking to some folks in New Orleans, that I can't name, but in New Orleans and Lafayette, and we're really we're looking for just the right producer to work with me on the LP, and, we, and we're taking our time with that. Uh, so the focus right now is to get on the road and play a lot of gigs and live with these songs. So I'm just confirmed, I can announce on your show, it'll be the first announcement, um, wow. in late July I will be in the, doing a Southwest mini tour, I call them mini tours, and the two dates I can talk about are uh, July 25th in San Antonio. I'll be playing the Sam's Burger Joint with Guy Forsyth, who I'm really excited to play with. Um, mm-hmm. The Guy Forsyth band is just immense. Um, just really great, great band, great talent, a lot of fun. So that's July 25th in San Antonio at Sam's. And then July 29th, I'm coming back to Austin. Uh, playing the Empire Control Room on July 29th in Austin, Texas. And we'll be filling in some more dates in between and after that and before that. But those are the two dates I can announce. And I just got word on the Guy Forsyth um, gig really minutes before we went on the air. I got a text from my, my agent. Oh, you're kidding. Said, it's that, confirmed. Isn't that great? <laughs> isn't that fun? Texting is so much fun. You were texting me when you were in the chat room. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Waiting for me. Um, I want to say to everyone again that um, today I have R.J. Comer on, and um, we are um, on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And if you missed the beginning of the show, it'll be on iTunes and on demand afterwards on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And the chat room's open. And if you would like to call in, um, so we're going to be on for a little bit more. Three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. There's a lot of a lot of really cool things I want to ask you, RJ. Um, uh, when you were younger, like you know, growing up, what kind of music were you listening to? Well, at first it was church music. Um, my mm-hmm. mom, church music and jazz. It, it was really interesting. My mom had been a jazz singer and was a trained musician, so she taught me serious music. You know, church music. You know, the the Latin masses and and that kind of music. And she taught me jazz because she was a big band singer. So that was kind of what mom and I shared was jazz and, and classical music. My dad, he and, his, he and his dad were like campfire guys. So they played folk music around the campfire. You know, they were hunters and fishermen and uh, more fishermen than hunters. But um, they, uh, you know, my, my grandpa played banjo, my dad played ukulele, and they'd play folk songs and what I call white gospel, white southern gospel. There's a difference between what white southerners sing as gospel music and what black southerners sing as gospel music. And my dad, who is not from the South, no one in my family is from the South, loved that kind of music. So what I shared with my dad was, you know, we would watch, we never missed an episode of Hee Haw, even though we lived in Chicago. You know? and, uh, and from those two diverse musical roots, I kind of grew into the blues. I remember 
seeing B.B. King play for the first time on TV, and it's like, okay, I, that's, I get that. I want to do that. And I remember hearing Otis Redding sing, and I remember hearing the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, and I started gravitating toward African-American roots music and rock and roll and Elvis and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you can still hear those influences in my music today. You can certainly hear them in the pimps. And you can still hear them today. So even though I'm now an Americana blues artist, you can hear all those influences, even some jazz. I mean, if you listen carefully and you're a musician, you'll hear some jazz chords in otherwise would be considered folk and blues music. Because <laughs> I can't help yeah, myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's where it's at. I mean, <laughs> the music is really cool. So. Thanks. You going through that and listening to the music when you were younger, who do you think had most uh, the most influence on you um, for your singing and your music career? Well, it's it's like the it's a hard for singing um, mm-hmm. Otis Redding and Al Green because I've always wanted to sing yeah. like them. I don't sing like them. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> but I wish I did. Um, and. Uh, and there's a band out right now that a lot of people are are fans of, as am I, called Vintage Trouble. And Ty Taylor is the lead singer, and he can sing like those guys. And I can't. But they were they really influenced my, you know, my my singing outside of church. In, in church, we sing serious music. You know, we, you know, we sing. It's classical. But um, my pop or my 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 sort of uh, everyday singing. I always wanted to sound like them, and by trying to sound like them, I ended up sounding like me, um, but they were my influences. And then in terms of songwriting, I really like um, uh, Johnny Cash. I like his songwriting. Uh, I always wanted, yeah. yeah, I just like the way he writes songs. Merle, and there's country artists, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, those guys taught me a lot. Um, and then in the, in the blues world, uh, Robert Johnson... B.B. King, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, and some of the ways in which they handled the blues uh, really affected me. Um, and then uh, there's some great New Orleans artists uh, as well. And you know, starting of course with the with the, the Hall Preservation Hall, but also guys like C.C. Adcock. You know, who's oh yeah, it's just an animal. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in New Orleans, and New Orleans has a really, um, a really unique feel. I'm sorry about my voice a little bit. Um, I've like been going through with my voice coming and going a lot, but um, yeah, uh, I totally love New Orleans. It has a really different feel to it, and um, I like spending time there. Um, I have some really great friends that are artists that are there, and um, uh, yeah. You know, and then also musicians and and um, listening to Zydeco well, music I, and stuff like that. Because that that is the goal. I we the goal is to play New Orleans and Lafayette mm-hmm. by uh, the end of the year. Yeah, you know. totally. Well, we could, <laughs> you know, you and I could talk about that. Um, House of Blues um, in New Orleans is really amazing. I mean, you played House of Blues too. Um, uh, so I've seen here, a lot yeah. of the different gigs you've done. Yeah. So I want to ask you then, who was your greatest mentor growing up? Um, 
you know, in like musically, it was with you. Pardon me. Well, there's two people. There musically, mm-hmm. there's two people. First, my mom. I mean, my mom is a was a phenomenal musician. She was a great pianist and a fine singer. Um, uh-huh. You know, she she can sight transpose. What that means is you put a piece of music in front of her, and it's in the key of D, and you say, you know, I kind of need to sing this in F. No problem. Without, I mean, sight transposition. So, mom is a great musical inspiration and mentor to me. She taught me how to sight read. She taught me how to read music. She taught me how to feel a song and understand what a performer is doing in it. And I got to give her props for that. If you're listening, mom, thanks. um, And I think my mom still teaches piano and voice, and she's in her 80s now. Um, And then the other mentor was my high school vocal music um, teacher, again, who I was paroled to. (laughs) His name his name was Gene Treerise. He was the vocal music. Um, uh, he was the, the the instructor of vocal music at my high school, and you know Gene was a was a really he was completely unlike me. You know he mm-hmm. was soft. He was gentle. He was um, a man of deep and abiding faith when I was not. Um, and at the same time, he was no pushover. He really you know he stood his ground when I tested him. And he gave me a lot of responsibility. And, you know, when, he, when I, when, you know, he said, you know, I want you to write uh, a motet for the concert choir and I want you to conduct it. So he asked me to write choral music and conduct choral music as a high school student. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't think I could be the musician I am today without his influence. Well, so, and I have no idea what's going on with Gene Tree Rises, but if anybody out there knows Gene, tell him I said hey. Oh wow, that's yeah. See, it's really kind of cool. So, where did you grow up? What area did you grow up in? Most Southern California. I, mean, I was born in Chicago, um, but my family relocated to Southern California when I was 14, and where I went to Simi High School. Simi Simi Valley is just north of Los Angeles. Oh yeah, I know where best, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, best known for Spawn Ranch. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I hear live. you. I hear you on that one. <laughs> no. uh, and uh, so that's where I grew up. And then um, I went to music school at Sacramento State and moved back here and been a Southern California boy ever since. Oh, I hear you on that one. I, I you know California has a really special vibe to it. I've been, you know, it's really funny. I've traveled to so many places in the world, and every time I go somewhere, I always end up wanting to come back to California and uh, yeah, isn't get that back nice? to California. When, when you, and, when you um, love where you live enough to travel yeah. anywhere in the world, you still appreciate the beauty of other cultures and mm-hmm. other places, but ultimately you're happy. You know, you, when you get home, you're not disappointed to be there. You're actually happy oh, to be there. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, my dream, cool. is, my dream is, though, to live in British Columbia in the summer and Hawaii in the winter. That's what I would like to do. I fell in love with British Columbia. I think it's just so unique and so yeah, beautiful. And it um, really is. I have I have some I have some great um, family on my there. wife's side. Yeah, yeah. That that, uh, that spend the summers in Canada. We all, there's also a fantastic swamp mm-hmm. and kind of folk music scene up there. There's a group oh, of, really? there's a group of folks yeah, the Swamp Music Players are actually from, I think, British Columbia, Canada. I think they're from BC. And if you're listening, Don, sorry if I got your province wrong. But, yeah, the Swamp Music Players, which are a great swamp band, from Canada. Uh-huh. You know, the Soap really? Girls are from Canada. 
Yeah, there's this whole scene up there. And it's one of these days so I'm going to get funny. up there and, and do it because uh, they asked me to sing on one of their tracks. They're going to do a cover of a, of a biker song called The Return of the One Percenter, which I'm uh, honored to sing because uh-huh. um, not, be, not being a motorcycle club member or a one percenter, um, uh, I have a lot of respect for those, those outlaws. And, you um, keep talking and, about that. So I think that you secretly underneath want to be part of a, gang, a, part of a bike riding um, Well, if gang. I had it to do over again, <laughs> uh, uh, if I had it to do over again, I would have said yes I to the opportunity tell. when it came along. But I said no at the time. <laughs> you know? yeah. and I was like, I was more into being a lone wolf. And I wasn't going to join a club. But I have often kind of looked back and said, I wonder what would have happened if I had to join that club. Yeah, you know, or would, if I would have made it, you know, not everybody who's in, you know, invited to join a motorcycle club actually makes it. Um, yeah, I've been around a couple <laughs> when I've been um, when I've been to different places because I used to ride, um, and uh, it's a different, it's a lifestyle, it's a total major yeah. lifestyle, and um, you know, it's not as wild and crazy as they say, and they want to make it out to be. But you know, if you go to Turner's and you go, you know. Spaghetti night, yeah. stuff like that. They have all those really fun things. So it's kind of like a family, and um, I can see, I can see where you might be intrigued to that. Um, I well, I was attracted because really cool I like for that. I, yeah, and absolutely, there's some great music for that, and yeah. I try to write some of it. Um, and uh, but you know, Outlaws Cadence, which we were talking about earlier, the, uh-huh. the point of that song is to draw the distinction between a bad guy and an outlaw. Uh, I'm into outlaws. I like outlaws, and you know they call me the gentleman outlaw. Um, and but I really want to draw the distinction between an outlaw and a bad guy. An outlaw has a code, and that's the that's what the whole song's about. Um, is that's awesome. Outlaws. Have I'm a glad code. you're giving me a little background on this because when we yeah. end the show today, we're going to play yeah. that song, and uh, it's very interesting. So now, where can people um, find your music um, besides YouTube? You can also go to your website, which is rjcomer.com, I saw that, and um, yeah. also there's and the dance hall pimps that are in there. Yeah, you, you and can you're link on to Facebook. the dance hall pimps from rjcomer.com, yeah. and there's RJ Comer Music on Facebook, um, uh-huh. and um, and uh, so they can hear the music. There's a couple of there's a couple of free pieces on the website that you can download for free and I always I always try to have one or two tracks that are available for free um anybody comes by there's usually something you can download for free um and you can and you can stream some of it uh from the website as well uh like I said we haven't made my my debut record yet because I'm being being very patient about that um but also at my at my shows, I do something that's special just for the people that come out to the show. I make a flash drive, and it's a credit card size flash drive. So imagine a credit uh-huh. card with a with a flip out that you can plug into your computer, and it has a very it has an image that's just made for that tour that, and it has free songs on it, and a letter from me, and um, and some pictures, and I give them away. And uh, and you can't nice. get them anywhere, but in a at a live show where you're there and I'm performing, and uh, I'll make up a, a bunch of them for this Southwest uh, New Mexico Texas tour that's coming up, and I'll give them away uh, while I'm there. But oh, if folks cool. can come get to know me, um, 
and uh, listen to the music. We'll make sure that we get them something that they can really enjoy, you know, when we make our make the stu- make the LP because I think they're really going to dig it. I think that's such a great idea. I noticed that your marketing and everything is really cool. You um, oh, definitely have everything very, very um, organized, which is important. I think for an artist, it's you know to be able to you know, work freely and also make sure that everything goes right. Um, you know, your social networking, your Twitter, all that stuff is being run. Do you do all that yourself or do you have somebody doing that for you? At, at different times, the answer is mm-hmm. different. Right now it's all me. Um, yeah. I, don't have a social, I don't have a social media consultant pulling the levers for me. Um, mm-hmm. So right now it's all me. As we go into campaign mode, like we know when a record's coming out, yeah. Uh, like when we did with the Dancehall Pimps, the the months leading up to a record release and the months after record release, we'll bring on a social media team. I call them the tech-savvy at-risk youth, you mm-hmm. know, and they will be pulling all those levers because there's just too many levers to pull. To have it Trust just be me, me, I do, all my, I do it myself. <laughs> I do yeah. my, right now it's myself. all me, you know. I, you know I'm, I post, I'm like that. Yeah, it's like if I don't I, – I need to know exactly what's going on, where – and everything, and and it may be long hours, and it may be a lot of tedious time that I'm spending doing it all. But at least I know it's being done right. You know, like my wiki is right, and uh, yeah. you know everything and it's done else in your is voice. right. Oh yeah, my god, that's the key. Is like you know getting somebody who can can mm-hmm. do it in your voice with your vibe and your sense of humor uh-huh. and your you know that's hard to find. Um, and you know we have a couple people that when we like I said, when we're leading up to a record release, I have some people that are pretty good at that. They're uh-huh. pretty good at being me. Um, it's still about, you know, half of the time it's still me. <laughs> the other half of the time it might be them. Right now it's all me, man. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Well, you know, I want to ask you a question. Um, if you, uh, with all the people that you've played with and all the people that you've toured with and stuff like that, for the people that you haven't toured with and played with, who would you want to play with and why? Oh, what would your wow. perfect tour oh, the, be? Yeah, alive today, right? This yeah. This is not like you can bring people alive back to the dead. Alive or gone to the next place, as I would say. Well, geez, Louise. Uh, Merle Haggard, and I'm going to say Merle uh-huh. Haggard for this reason. There are some people I would love to play with um, that are younger. Uh, Amos Lee, for example. Um, uh-huh. Parker Millsap. Um, I can't decide whether I love or hate Parker Millsap because he's just so damn good. But the reason we say Merle Haggard is this: is one Merle Haggard's not a young man. It's Don't Amos have Lee's a lot birthday today. Did you know that? Did you I know did not know Lee's that. Birthday today? Yeah, it is. Happy birthday, Amos! You know, <laughs> um, I, he's a he's an awesome talent. Um, uh-huh. But I'm going to say Merle Haggard because we're not going to have Merle Haggard much longer. I mean, he's in good health and God bless him. I hope he goes another ten years. But the fact is. He's one of the last traditional country outlaws. And he did some songs that back in my day just spoke to me. Songs like, you know, Think I'll Just Stay Here and Drink. Songs like Misery and Gin and Big City. And, you know, those songs um, that just really resonated with me and still do. Um, Still do. Mm -hmm. Ramblin' Fever is a song I cover frequently in my live shows. I do have a recording of it that I haven't released. and um, so I'd say Merle Haggard. If I could, if I could just spend a couple of minutes on stage with Merle Haggard singing harmonies to, to his Ramblin' Fever, or I would, I'd be a happy man. Merle, if you're listening, 
Oh, yeah, see, that's the thing, you know. It's like we have a lot of people that are listening. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers, a lot of people that are listening live. And like I said, if you missed the beginning of this show on Red Velvet Media, it'll be on iTunes as a permanent collection. And also you can see the if you are listening to it on a player, which I see a lot of people are listening to it on devices, you can see the pictures as they scroll across. And there's some really cool images there. Um, I like the picture of you with the dog in the in the trunk of the car. That's kind of cool. Aw, thanks. That's a really, that, um, is that your dog? That was my dog. Aw, yeah, that's Zach. Zach was Zach was a fantastic dog. He's a tough guy. He protected my home and my wife when I was away, and he was my buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, shoot, you got me choked up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so okay. sorry. I know it's funny. Okay. Uh, lately, a lot of people have a lot of a lot of pets have been crossing over to the next place. Lately, I've noticed that um, I have a couple really close friends that have lost cats, yeah. dogs, and um, you know it's it's always hard. And people don't realize that you know, oh, it's just a dog. Oh, it's just a cat. No, it's part of your family. It's part of who yeah, you yeah. are. And um, yeah. that's the thing, and, you know. And Zach was Zach was. I mean, Zach and I. He was he was much more bonded to my wife than me, which is good because his job was protector. But yeah, he, he and I he and I had a relationship in the sense that you know he was my buddy. He was the guy I counted on, take care of Deborah at my house when I wasn't there, and and he was the guy that you know he was going to let me know before anything else if something was up. And um, he was just a tough tough guy and quiet you know, very calm but tough. And I just respected the hell out of him. And and he was fun in that photo shoot because, um, uh, you know, getting in the back of that 56 Packard, um, it was a lot of fun to have him, you know, kind of play along with us on the shoot. And he was, he was a natural. He looked right at the camera, you know, did his thing. Wow. Yeah, see, animals are really special. And... Um, they really are, and you know, did you did you have any songs that maybe that you wrote that were influenced by him at all? Any at any time when you wrote? By Zach, no. I'm actually working on a song right now called um, uh, uh, "All Dogs." Or I'm not sure if it's a fine, the final title, but um, uh-huh. or some dogs might be the title. And I'm actually working on a song that's pretty much all about dogs right now, but oh, I haven't wow. finished it. Yeah, that would be. Cr- and I can't a lot of times that, that happens. Just a lot of times I don't write a song about something I'm going through presently. A lot of times mm-hmm. I write a song after I've been through something and it and it has to sort of it sort of seasons and ages in my heart mm-hmm. and in my mind so that I can get a little distance on it and and be able to to have perspective because I think a song has to have perspective. Um so I find that songs come to me after an experience, not during. Mhm. Yeah, no, I I understand that part. I think that's important. I think that, you know, a lot of people that write, they put a lot of their own personal experiences in it. And that's what makes a song really good is that you can hear what somebody else went through and maybe you're going through it at the same time. So you kind of feel like you're not alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the... That's the idea, of course. Uh, that's the songs that really touch you. Like I mentioned about Merle Haggard's songs, you know, Misery mm-hmm. and Gin. Um, you know, you listen to Misery and Gin today, and it's, it's you know, it definitely is a, 
you know, it definitely is a traditional country song uh, with instrumentation and an arrangement you would not hear today. Uh, some people might even call it quaint. Putting that aside, it's an amazing song, and it touches mm-hmm. me that way because I've been in that exact place, you know, that he's in in that song. Um, and, you know, those songs that touch us, they touch us because we relate to them and because the artist was, a, was able to communicate that emotion to us in a way that could penetrate our defenses, you know, and See, that's what that's I try to the, do, and, yeah. and I'm still I'm still getting better at it. Um, you know, I, I I've had to learn how to do that because um, you walk into a, I mean, I can do it on stage, but it's hard to do in the studio. It's a it's I will tell you, I'm still learning how to walk into a vocal booth. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 environment of a recording studio and emote a song, you know, without an audience yeah. in the, you know, in this sort of technological, you know, contraption that I'm in, you know, you basically, you're, you have a popper stopper, a microphone and a, and a phone booth. <laughs> Essentially, that's what you see when you're singing. Um, and you have to imagine yourself in the place of the song and deliver it with emotion about 20 times. That's hard. Yeah, see... The, the artist that can do that. That's very true. That's very true, and I agree with you on that one. I think that um, there's a lot of truth in that, and I think that there's a lot of artists that probably would feel the same way that you do on that. Um, I'm really excited to hear the new stuff that's going to be coming out. When can we expect that to drop, RJ? I don't know. Probably, I'm, if, I, I don't know is the answer. Um, we, Like I said, I'm taking my time finding the right producer. We're talking to some really cool people. Um, I would expect we will be recording uh, toward the end of 2014, and I would expect that it will be released in early 2015. Um, what I might do is release a, a single um, just so that the folks can have something. That would be um, cool. Do, yeah. do a vinyl um, single. Vinyl yeah, something so like that. Right I, may do, I may do something to kind of just make sure that as, we, as more people get to know me as a solo artist, mm-hmm. um, that we actually give them something in advance of an LP, and I have to talk to my my mentors, advisors, and all those. I have to talk to mm-hmm. the committee about what that might be, but it might be something we should do because I can't I can't tell you when we're going to have an LP out because um, I'm going to take my time with it. No, I totally hear you on that one, and that's really good because then that way you're going to really get the best of the best because you're going to be happy with it and you're going to feel like you really put your best into it and it's not rushed. Um, and I right. have to tell you that that song, Smothered, even though you wrote it in one day and recorded it in one day, is really a very cool song. Um, thanks, thanks. And uh, I know you can be your own worst critic, but I think that um, you know when you do something that's really just right spot on there. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here today and also thank tell you, you that I want to have you back. Um, when you um, and you and I are going to talk a little bit later, but I want to have you back on um, when we get closer to you releasing some more music. And again, make yeah. sure to check out RJ on Facebook and also on YouTube. And if you go to YouTube and you type in RJ C O M E R or type in the dance hall pimp, his uh, station will come up, and you'll be able to see everything that's really kind of fun there. Um, I also want to make sure everyone knows next Wednesday um, I will be on the air. Uh, we're going to do a show on cooking on FB 
which is a project I created, actually. This is funny, RJ, you're going to laugh. It's a project I created um, along with my mom, and um, it's uh, because everyone knows I love food, and um, I love to cook and this and that. And um, So next Wednesday, we're going to be talking about cooking on Facebook, which is cooking on FB on Facebook. And uh, it's basically a place where we like to get everyone to share their recipes from all over the world and things that have been handed down over the years, and eventually I'm going to compile them all and put them in a book and try to publish them. Isn't that a cool idea? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And, and I happen to know what you look like. So, you know, unlike a lot yeah. of people who love to eat, you know. <laughs> well, you're, I'm not – let me tell you, you never know I eat as much you, as I do. Yeah. So, you definitely um, – uh, yeah. <laughs> So you're an inspiration uh, that way. So awesome. I love to cook. I love to cook. Um, also, on Friday, oh, my gosh, this is the one. This is really exciting. We're going to be doing a Lou Reed tribute show. you got to tune oh. into this one to RJ. This is going to be cool. Uh, Sylvia Reed is going to be on, um, who was Sylvia Ramos, um, Lou Reed's um, first wife. Um, and we're going to have quite a few people that worked with him, recorded with him, um, designed his uh, album covers, um, people that were just friends, lovers, um, whatever, you know, just sharing their um, stories about Lou. And if you want to know what it was like to be around Lou and what Lou was like, um, you can tune in next Friday to the Indie Cafe, a special edition on the Red Velvet Media Network um, with Spencer Drate and Judith um, Salvitz, and it'll be a very cool show. I'm super excited yep. about that. And um, I think really that's neat. something that you should turn it, tune into definitely next Friday. And, yeah, we'll um, try to do that. You know, we, um, yeah. The Pimps covered uh, a Lou Reed song. We covered Walk on the Wild Side on our first record. Did you? You know, I never heard we that. Did. You need to send that yeah. to me. It, the, 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 first half, the first half is kind of traditional we do a jazzier version but then we kick it in and pimp it out at the at the end it's pretty send fun. it to me will you send it to me i will i want to hear it yeah i definitely want to hear it and um i also want to see tomorrow's a really important day a lot of people don't know it's the first day of summer tomorrow summer solstice and Ooh. um yeah it's a really cool day um there's a lot of really cool things going on i'm sure all around the world anywhere you are um check it out it's um I always looked at the first day of summer as the day when the boardwalk opened in New Jersey and roller skating down the boardwalk and um just kind of fun stuff like that. But um yeah, tomorrow's the first day of summer and um let's see. I think that a lot of people should maybe, you know, um honor and usher summer in um, because this is a really it's a really special day and uh, I don't know if a lot of people celebrate it but I do definitely and uh, I always try to find a quiet place or a place to go to celebrate it um, and it's also Friday so I'm just telling everybody don't drink and drive um, have a really good weekend and make sure to check out RJ's music because you will not be disappointed I have followed RJ when he was in the dance hall pimps and now on his solo career and totally blown away with the stuff that you're just coming out with. It's really great. Thank you so Um, much, Holly. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you on your show or or just on the phone. And I really appreciate your support. Thanks so much. You know, I wanted to tell everyone, I found this really um, 
a really cool um, company this week, and I'm hoping to get them also on the air. It's called Songbird Fragrances. Check it out. It's kind of like where you go and you personalize your fragrance. You may want to tell your wife about this. Um, I'm going to try to get them on my show and do a show about it because it's really different. Um, you know, because basically Red Velvet Media is all about pop culture, cutting edge type things, and um, really a great place for people to showcase their music if you're an indie artist and would like to be part of Red Velvet Media or would like to hit me up, make sure you send me an email at rvelvetmedia at gmail.com and I'll be happy to answer you and I'm also on Facebook and so hit me up that way. And with that, we are going to end the show with your song um, that you talked about that we that you were telling a little bit about, um, Outlaws and uh Let's play that, and um, it's got a really good feeling to it. Um, and you described it as a country blues type song, which I think yeah. kind of fits it. It's it's really different for Kate. you. When I heard it, I was yeah. like, "Wow, this is this is you." So I was just like, "Wow, this is really this is really interesting." Um, and we're really looking forward to you dropping some more stuff and your solo career. I wish you the best of luck in it and. Let's have you back, really. <laughs> Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks, everybody. Okay, I'll see everybody next Wednesday. Have a great weekend. And uh, remember, Wednesday, Cooking on FB, and Friday, the Lou Reed Tribute, and here we go. Have a great night, and um, call, call me later, okay? All right? I will call you. Take okay. care. Thanks, right. everyone. See you guys go. Bye. Oh, you're welcome. I don't know, but I've been told outlaws die before Before
I'll take the blame, but for the man I was, I won't be. 